0: This is the Milo Beasley Show, this is the Milo Beasley Show, there's only one thing you need to know, this is the Milo Beasley Show, and now, here's your host, Milo Beasley. And welcome to the Milo Beasley Show, dude, episode number 358. Oh my God, uh, I, I can't believe it. And, and it's almost Halloween. Hence, uh, 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 wait, where is he? At? Frankenstein. Uh, it's Frankenstein's monster. I know that. So please help me welcome our next, I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, please help me welcome our, our guest, Kelly Murtaugh. How are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you. I love Halloween. So I appreciated your little Halloween shout out there. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I'm so Frankenstein's excited. monster technically the creature, right?
0: Yes. Uh, (laughs) I, I'm, 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 I love Halloween and here, uh, I'm in Orlando and Halloween starts like August 1st around here. I love that. I appreciate that. All of August, all of September, all of October, and then immediately goes to Christmas on November 1st.
1: Yep. Yep. I so hear that. I I'm, um, I don't, I kind of split my time between I'm in Southern California, but New Orleans is like, I'm from that area. It's home and New Orleans is, is amazing for, New, for Halloween. It's, it's similar. It's like August is rolling around. It's like, okay, let's get the pumpkins out now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't imagine. I can imagine. I love how your shirt matches your uh, guitar strap in the back. That's amazing. Oh,
1: Not planned, but I do love rainbows. So it
0: was, you know, Same. probably Same. happened at some point absolutely i i i have i have so i have so much uh so like every was it june i go crazy because every company has uh like goes pride crazy yeah uh, and so like converse always does like rainbow stuff like shoes yes. and all these companies so i just like load up on my rainbow stuff for uh for the year cuz
1: awesome likewise i love pride and i love rainbows and i'm all about both so like you know I love it. I have rainbow socks. I have rainbow shoes. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I have. (laughs) I have way too much. uh, Way way too. Way too much. I think uh, for a straight white guy in his Uh, forties. So yeah, I'm I'm so excited to to have you on the show. Um, uh, I do have to say, uh, I watched Shapeless last night before bed as research, and um, was not able to sleep. So thanks for that.
1: Okay, I don't know if I should say I'm sorry or you're welcome.
0: <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, well, of course I should watch this before I uh, before I chat with her, and then like I was like, okay, in the beginning, you know, I was like, okay, okay, uh, right? Can't buy brownies, can't buy cookies. I get it, I get it. And then when things started happening towards the end, and I was like, huh? Well, so much for sleep. <laughs> Um, so I have to, I I have to ask about shapeless. So you wrote this, right?
1: Yes. I co-wrote it. I, um, it's of my own creation. It's based on it's, it's sort of, it's pretty autobiographical. So it's very much based on my real life experience with bulimia and how it affected my singing voice. Um, and I started it and produced it as well. So it's very much been, this thing that's been with me for a very very long time so the fact that you just watched it and people can see it is a miracle and i'm very thankful thank you for watching it
0: yeah uh i thought it was i thought it was fantastic a little little, like i said a little bit uh creepy so uh uh obviously so did that come from a a background a true to life background obviously not eyeballs in the your back but the uh the story, the background of bulimia and and, uh, eating disorders.
1: Yes, it did. I I went to treatment for bulimia, I was thankfully fortunate enough to go to treatment for bulimia uh, 12 years ago. And it was there that I first had the idea for Shapeless. Um, I'm an artist, I'm an actor, I've always looked to art. To process the world around me and to and to experience different experiences and and find that sense of empathy. And so at that time, I was really looking for something. I was looking for a book. I was looking for a movie. I was looking for something that was maybe like authentically describing what this was like. And the only thing I came across were these either it was like an after school special or usually in film and TV, eating disorders were treated like the punchline of a joke a lot of times. Well, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And it was this experience where I just was like coming up dry. And I was like, what? Nobody was really just dis- talking about eating disorders. It's still this topic that is um, not talked about enough, in my opinion. So I really had this idea back then. I was like, gosh, I would love to create a film that speaks to the authenticity of what it's like to live in this horror Um and, and, you know, write it, act in it. Like, I really, like, I felt this, like, I really want to do that. And then I immediately, you know, that mean voice that comes in and tells you like, who do you think you are? (laughs) So that voice came in and was like, what? No one's going to watch a movie about bulimia. What are you thinking? And so that was kind of the very first impetus of like where it began. And it's very much, um, was based on my own experience of bulimia. And I feel so fortunate and thankful that it is now what it became. I first started writing it when my daughter was born. She was about four months old and I, I like taken a couple cracks at it, but nothing really was flowing. I, um, I did a screenwriting class. I was kind of trying to like get there, but nothing was really flowing. And when my daughter was four months old, I had this, one of these moments where I was holding her and it was just like, Oh my gosh, like time is going by really fast. The world is really big and scary. How can I help her? Like, how can I provide a sense of safety if she feels these feelings and is like feeling the the way that I felt like, how could I create a safer world in, in a way for, for her? And that's when I just got this first draft down and that first draft is what I sent to our now director, Samantha Aldana. And thankfully, she saw a little scrap of something in there that seemed promising. And from there, that's when things really started to take shape. Take that <laughs>
0: part of the Yeah, the, the only is, as I think about it in the entertainment uh, realm, again, like you said, it's always the punchline of a joke. And the only time I ever have known for it to be taken serious was an episode of Full House where. Um, with DJ, where uh, uh, she, you know, uh, wouldn't eat, or I, I, think she, you know, so it was the same. You remember that episode as well?
1: I feel I'm like, do I? I don't know if I ever saw that episode, but I used to watch so much Full House, so I wonder if I watched it and it was like before, maybe I was struggling with it and didn't process or land. But I want to go back and get my hands on this.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was a there was an episode where uh, DJ, where you know. Uh, She thought she was fat. So, uh, you know, she wouldn't eat or if she did, she, uh, you know, threw it up. So, uh, you know, that was the only other time that I can think of it being taken serious. And uh, I I like the way that you did it, too. Uh, Again, I'm a huge uh, horror fan, Um, you know, huge Halloween type fan. So uh, to for it to be explained in that type of realm. Uh, I, I thought was was very, very interesting. Thank you. I also love horror. I think
1: horror and, you know, these genre films, can you can really, y- anything is possible, right? I mean, you're literally in the sandbox of fantasy worlds. It's like, okay, we can be really symbolic with this. You know, like th- this can, we can describe this in a way that perhaps could be palpable for someone who is really on the outside of something like this. Um, and that was, there was something like very intrinsically difficult about creating a film about an eating disorder, because one, it's super complicated. It's hard to describe. It's its own horror, really. So it's like a genre film about it made sense. And then also we wanted to be super, super sensitive with it, not glamorize it, not um, do anything that would be disrespectful to someone who was is struggling with this. And so that was something that was like of utmost importance to me. And thankfully Sam um, always, you know, really trying to find that balance of like, where, where do we lean into the horror and where do we pull back and just let the eating disorder be the horror.
0: Right. Was it easier or harder to do those scenes, given your experience?
1: I feel like, some days, you know, the the definitely like the binging and the purging scenes were very vulnerable. They were like a very that was probably the most those were the most difficult days, I would say. I feel very fortunate because I was I had like a a very close relationship with Sam and felt very supported on set of just like, OK, this is what I'm going to need. And those days were very small. It was a closed set. I would take time alone to just kind of like get into a mindset. And I felt really fortunate to be able to tell this story. Like I I felt like, okay, this is the story I'm meant to tell. This is the character I'm meant to, to portray. And it felt bigger than me. If that feels, I mean, it very, it very much was very powerful and personal for me because it was a catharsis in a way of expressing like these, these feelings surrounding what was going on and and being so vulnerable and portraying something so private that I'd never really quite communicated before um, felt very cathartic and releasing for me as an individual. And then I really just, I wanted to create something for someone or my hopes were to create something for someone else who struggles with an eating disorder to watch that and say, that's what it's like. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, just watch that. That's what it feels like. And, and hopefully for someone who hasn't experienced it to say that's what it's like, because I think there's this huge misconception around it being this extreme diet of vanity Um, when it's really not like right. that's sort of like a symptom of it in a way, but the, at the root, that's not really what it's about.
0: Uh, absolutely. I, uh, you, you mentioned, um, uh... Uh, Samantha Aldana, and 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 uh, not to change courses and go from one uh, extreme to the to the other, but you also uh, teamed up with her for Zoo Crew. Uh, a I did book.
1: a children's book. I like that you just took it to the other pendulum swing—the children's yeah. book. You know, like, <laughs> I love it. But it's you know it's fantasy again. It's it, Sam and I very much shared in um a love of fantasy a love of children's books a love of also horror a love of these things that are make-believe uh and and so while we were in the i believe i can't remember exactly where zoo crew i think zoo crew began more in like a post-production in the post-production phase of things um maybe i i had the idea for it in pre-production but it was it was definitely simultaneous like things were happening simultaneously like we'd have shapeless a shapeless call and then be like okay now period for shapeless let's go to zucker now but i think it was nice to have the balance of the life i was gonna
0: say how do you do that but at the (laughs) same time it was probably good to have that to to break up that mind you know the, the 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 mind track of shapeless
1: yes yes there was very much a sense of um play in both ways and there was play in both realms but this was definitely more of a straightforward type i guess and we um she's samantha aldana is just super multi-talented as we've seen you know she's an incredible director and writer and she's this incredible visual artist which i think really informs her directing there was such a tangibility and and just this like palpability, I guess, in the way that she's directed, and I was such a fan of hers previous to Shapeless, in the films that I'd seen. We'd known each other in the New Orleans film community, and so we just kind of leaned into this this other this other genre. So Zoo Crew is this children's book. It's for age, I would say, like zero to five, but kids of all ages really. And it's, a, it's teaching kids like Louisiana and New Orleans words because there's a lot of different words and different vocab going on down there. Right. So that's again also inspired by my daughter Fallon, who is, you know, my just heart. And yeah, so that's where that came from too. I think we maybe needed that sense of
0: breath. Right. Uh, absolutely. Uh, now, being uh, uh, in California now uh, and a horror, uh, a horror. Uh, aficionado, do you ever get a chance to go out? Have you done Halloween Horror Nights?
1: No, the- but I want to. I we I was just talking to my partner earlier about like we need to get to a, we need to get to a haunted house soon. Like let's do it. I've never done it. Have you done it?
0: Uh, I well I'm in our so I'm in Orlando, so we have it here. Um, I, literally I, that's where I was. I was last night. Um, uh, we talked before. I was at Halloween Horror Nights and then had to. Uh, come home and do the, uh, the Murphy bed behind me. Uh, and watch shapeless. No wonder
1: you didn't sleep. <laughs> right.
0: uh, so, uh, yeah, so that's where I, I was last night and they actually have, um, uh, a house there. Uh, they've had a couple in the past, but they have a house there based on some, um, some, uh, Blumhouse books or, uh, movies. Oh, cool. So, uh, which made me think, uh, you know, again, A little weird segue, but uh, you did uh, Bingo Hell.
1: Yes, Bingo Hell was fun. It was definitely fun. That was a Blumhouse film. We shot that in New Orleans. um, Gosh, at the beginning of 2021. So it was like peak lockdown. This was really uh, before people were vaccinated or anything. And um, New Orleans, I, I had been in California for a few months and I hadn't been back to New Orleans in a while and it was around Mardi Gras. And that was the year like Mardi Gras was canceled and it was so eerie. It was so quiet, like around town, like nobody was playing music. I was just like, it was its own weird horror film, like being in New Orleans with no music and the quiet, it was so strange. Um, So I'm very thankful for that because it almost felt like summer camp. You know, we were all in like lockdown in the same hotel and, we very much like would you know hang out together because we were in like a little COVID bubble but um bingo hell was super fun that character Raquel that I played was was a fun character she was a spitfire she was saucy she was fiery she was explosive and that's something that I am not usually in my like day-to-day life so when I get to like dip into those types of roles. It's really fun. And then I got to die. I mean, it's always fun to die. <laughs> it's always fun to die. It's always fun to get possessed, you know, the, the just
0: butterflies. So you yourself, uh, I mean, uh, you were in the, the purge TV show. So do, yes. do you, do you see this as a, a genre that you could really sink your teeth into in, in, in that horror genre?
1: oh man, I would love that. I, again, I love horror. I think, again, it's just, it's dipping into the world of make-believe. And I think that there's something so impactful about, can be very impactful about horror when you can be symbolic of these bigger issues, these social issues, these things that we're dealing with, the uncomfortable conversations you know, in life. And again, it's fun because Again, it's totally make-believe. Like I would hope that the purge doesn't really happen in real life, but being trapped in a cage and like fighting for my life for a few weeks on a TV show, like that
0: was so fucking fun. <laughs> do, you think, do you think you could survive a night? Oh my God.
1: I, I hope so. You know,
0: I feel like I would, I think
1: I could survive a night. I'm not sure how long I would survive. I think about like, I drink a lot of water. So if someone like cut off my water source. And then like, I had no bottled water or something. I think I would die in like a very random lame death. Like I think I would die of dehydration or
0: something. I thought you were going to go a complete opposite way. I thought you were going to say that you drink so much water that you would have to pee a lot and that would ruin your hiding spot. You would have to eventually ruin (laughs) your hiding spot and then die, cause you got found out.
1: Maybe, I don't know, but like, I think I would survive. I am a fighter, I'm really strong, um, but I am really clumsy. So if it was like a matter of escaping or like needing to be quiet and like be sneaky, like I'm not sure. I think I'd be more of like a bludgeoning force yeah. than like a sneak attack type type vibe.
0: I definitely couldn't do the quiet thing. I definitely, you couldn't do the quiet. Do you no. think you
1: would survive?
0: I think I I do. I do think I would survive. I don't think I could. I mean, maybe if my life depended on it, I don't know if I could kill. So I wouldn't be one of those that exactly. would. Exactly. Like, I don't I think I could actually. Like kill him for fun. No,
1: I would, it would be in total self-defense. And then I would feel so guilty and ashamed about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. I, I wouldn't mean, be able to actually do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, so have you watched the other uh the, the other purge movies?
1: Yeah, I, I watched like the original like those first like two, maybe the th- I'm not even sure which one yeah,
0: we're they're on still, these five but... or six now, so it's crazy. Okay,
1: i definitely haven't seen all five and six, but I've definitely saw like I think the first two.
0: Yeah, there's been a there's been a lot of them. Um I have yeah, I saw the first two or three, but then after I was like, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, there's something really scary about that concept because it's 100%. there's right because like we look at at the world we look at the world that we live in and and we're just like putting it into the con- that context is terrifying. Right. It's like, gosh, I mean, maybe it's not that far off, which is is a really scary concept.
0: Um, Real things, okay. Freddy Krueger, Jason, Michael Myers, those are entertaining. But when it comes to like the strangers or, you know, things like that, where it's real life and people yeah. like, that's what really, that's what freaks me out. What really freaks me out though, is like exorcist movies. Oh God, I love those movies. I, I hear you though. Anything <laughs> with like a, like a Ouija board, any of that yep. type stuff, Uh huh. I'm not, I'm, I'm 100% skipping out on.
1: I, I hear you. Is it because you believe in
0: ghosts? And like, Maybe, but, be a story, but that might be a question that we ask later on.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah. Like I, I, my favorite types of horror films are the ghostly ones. All right. So, so let's,
0: let's do, let me, uh, let's. All right. So top five, we'll go with your top five horror movies.
1: Oh gosh, this is going to be hard. Cause all the, I forget names and then they all run together sometimes. <laughs> Um, I I, would Black Swan be considered a
0: horror? Oh, I think so.
1: Okay, that might be more of a thriller horror, but I love Black Swan. Um, I loved Get Out. Yes, loved Insidious. That one was really scary. Too real for me. I will watch. I too real. Oh, oh, you know which one I loved was Hereditary. Okay. Okay, what am I on? Was that four? Too real. And these are in no particular order, and I'm going to think of like nine thousand more once we're done with this. Of Of course. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of, of another one. I don't know. I can't think of another one right now. I said, inst- yeah, definitely Hereditary, Insidious, Black Swan, Get Out. And I, there, one that I just watched recently that I really loved was Nope, the the new Jordan I Peele. Seen, I haven't seen that one yet. but okay, Nope so was it. great too. And I'm going to think of like 9,000 more once I'm not thinking about it.
0: Do you go halloween crazy do you decorate do you uh oh yes yeah Have
1: i go crazy yeah year? i just moved um so i've been a little delayed in the halloween decorating but usually it's like beginning of september i'm getting the i'm getting the
0: decorations out that that's that's fantastic now do you keep them up kind of through november or do you just go straight in? yes the- i do i'm like whoa. Thanksgiving
1: decorations I might like I might like take down a ghost or a pumpkin and say it's more of like a harvest theme but no I ride it out until December from like beginning of September till Jan well and then January we start Mardi Gras season in New Orleans so I'm just I like to decorate for things right
0: for yeah, all we, have, uh, we, we have Mardi Gras here at Universal Orlando so that's always uh, a really yeah. they have a parade they do beads they do everything yeah you gotta come to Orlando Spend okay who knew you know. i know. had no idea yes <laughs> oh man that's, that's yeah, yeah i know it's
1: like what would a, i'm curious what disney world mardi gras would be like well there is a big misconception with mardi gras where it, it's actually pretty family friendly like when you're actually on the parade routes um you know bourbon street is bourbon street but right. it's uh it's good. It's good. It's good for the soul. I think everyone, just, the whole everybody just stops and you just dance. You have fun. You're listening to music. You're watching art, moving art, the floats and the costumes. And it really is like this cool reset
0: of life where you just kind of pause and have Mardi Gras for a little while. That's great. Oh, God, yeah. I, I could definitely use a, a pause like that. And uh, you mentioned Disney and speaking of Disney, uh, you, you, Uh, We're on, uh, what is that, Ultraviolet and Black Scorpion as well. Yes, yes. Oh, Ultraviolet and Black Scorpion was so fun. It was such a
1: departure from Shapeless and Bingo Hell, you know, and um, it definitely was. And it was something that was so really special and poetic about it for me personally, because I used to watch all those Disney original movies and shows when I was in middle school and I would just watch them and be like, man, wouldn't it be so cool if like I could be an actor one day or if I could be on a Disney show one day. And I was really having that moment when I was getting to do it, just like, whoa, this is I, just infinite gratitude for being where I was. Um, and that particular show was about a middle schooler who finds a, an enchanted luchador mask and becomes super fast so she becomes ultraviolet so she's right. like a little cr- you know stops crying they go on little capers with her uncle and I was um, a middle school teacher in her middle school so i did I wasn't aware of like the superhero supernatural stuff going on but I, I have the, I, I would like to think in some alternate universe that like that middle school journalism teacher becomes like a, a super villain or something that <laughs>
0: Now you said you're tough. Do you think? Have you? What would be your wrestling alias if you were to find a luchador mask? Oh, I think. Oh, that's a great question.
1: I think like the name.
0: Yeah, yeah, name and like I guess if maybe like a character type.
1: A character type um I feel like it like I feel like I would definitely have a super awesome cape because like capes are the best <laughs> obviously and I think well I guess if we want to keep it New Orleans maybe it would be like purple green and golds maybe I would have like a cool like music aspect where I had like this cool like maybe I would have a song that would like lull people to sleep and then I would like I'll drive them <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but what my name would be, I don't know. Um, Cajun Spice. That doesn't seem right. Cajun Spice. There we go. You're
0: like the Six Spice Girl.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. But like, and I would have like Creole seasoning in my pockets, but you, you, you like, can't. Like, you, you, like pocket sand. Yeah, exactly. But like, this probably isn't allowed at all. I'm not.
0: Well, you know, what's allowed right yeah
1: i don't know but i but um i wonder i wonder how i would actually do in that
0: type of scenario cajuns i'm gonna be thinking about that all night oh my god
1: that was all i could think of but you know whatever (laughs)
0: um uh while while looking at uh at your imdb one thing that stood out mainly because it was at the top and that's where all the the post-production uh things go can you tell me Anything about the invisible raptor? Yes.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So the invisible raptor, um, my fellow co-star from Shapeless, Bobby Gilchrist, he's actually my ex-husband. We are we are friends, we're in a good place. So people hear ex-husband and they're like, Oh what? But we're we're good. We we love each other, we co parent Fallon really well together. So that is his next film that he was producing and starring in. And um We had chatted about like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if Fallon, our five-year-old, could have like a little line in the movie. So then it became like a, well, I could be the mom and I could have like a little line. So we got to work for a day on that. And that film, I'm really excited about that. So it is about an invisible raptor who escapes the lab and is like wreaking havoc across the town. Comedy horror film so well done super hilarious um and I think people are really gonna dig it it's just it's like the I guess the the concept concept is like Jurassic Park and invisible man combined and it's just this invisible dinosaur that's like wreaking havoc on the whole town and it's it's really funny it's really well done I'm excited for people to see it
0: do you know if there's a like a a a date ish like a a a release date? is well, it?
1: I don't, I'm not 100% sure on that release date. I know that they're, they're, they just wrapped. So oh, They just wrapped production. So they're doing, you know, post-production and all of those things. But I think probably they're going to, I know that they're going to like be submitting to festivals and all that kind of thing as as soon as they're done, you know, with the, with editing and all that good stuff. But I'm not sure of the exact release date, but if I hear of anything, I'll let you know.
0: So given that she has a line, does Fallon now have her SAG card? Yes,
1: which is something my ex, Bobby and I both, we kind of like didn't really, I guess we didn't like stop to really think about it because all of a sudden- That's the
0: first thing I thought of.
1: We were doing the paperwork and I was like, oh my God, wait, she's, yeah, she's in SAG. You know what I mean? Like here we are, you're five years old and here (laughs) took me so long to get into SAG. You know, I- (laughs) But uh, yeah, she's got her sad card. I don't know if she, it, it, what she'll do. I mean, she says right now that she wants to be a singer and an actress when she grows up, and I'm just like, follow your heart. I love you. Do what you want to do. You know, we'll we'll love you. You you go for it. Follow your dreams.
0: Absolutely. I'm sure you, you don't necessarily hate that. Uh, you're still you're you're still singing it as well. Um, yeah, singing
1: has been. Um, it's been a journey, you know, shapeless, the film we were talking about earlier, but the personal film that I did was about that. It was about this l- loss of my singing voice because that's what actually happened to me in real life. So I was a singer growing up, like before I even really got into acting, I was singing. And when I, I started struggling with bulimia around age 14 and then that followed me for a while. And so when I was in college, I was really struggling. And I was trying to do something to, to help myself. I was like, I feel, I just, I want to do something fun. I want to like get out of my own way. And so I signed up for voice lessons. And that voice lesson was really difficult because the teacher just kind of paused like five minutes in and was like, something's going on through vocal cords. And I'm not sure how how I actually went to the doctor because I think on some level I knew, but maybe I wasn't able to face it. Went to the doctor, they looked at my vocal cords and they just, this film is, or this scene is essentially in the movie um, where the doctor said, you know, your vocal cords are all jagged. There's like, and this comes from like repeated acid reflux. Like is something like this going on and I couldn't face it. I just, Couldn't face it because at that point, all I felt was like this deep level of shame where the story I was writing in my head was like, you've ruined the one thing that you knew you were good at, that you loved about yourself. And now you can't do it anymore. And I really, I could barely listen to music for years. I could barely, I, I really just was like, you ruined it. It's all your fault. And that shame really perpetuated the bulimia. So singing came back around with shapeless because I was like, "Cool, I want to make a movie about a jazz singer losing her voice to bulimia." Well, I was really busy being a mom, writing, producing, being in pre-production, and then when Sam Samantha the director was like, "Okay, it's time to record." I was like, "Oh shit. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, I have to sing? Like I I don't think I fully conceptualized it in my head." I was like, I, "That I that I yeah, I got to go sing." And I was terrified. I really was dealing with like an immense level of shame still that was that was that I was working on that I was releasing with my inner work in therapy and even just being able to share in the collaboration process about these like vulnerable experiences really helped. Um, but i I ended up working with a voice therapist was who was incredible and who got me to a level of being able to sing again and then singing um started to really flourish in the past like year, year and a half or so. I met my partner, uh, Will Dickerson, who is a singer songwriter, incredible musician from New Orleans, like born and bred for musicians, plays like a gazillion instruments. And um, he's so talented and so generous and kind. And I would just kind of, we would just start singing together. And like, it was like the more I sang, the less shame I felt and the more free I felt. But I still struggle with it. Sometimes my throat just like kind of closes up or that mean voice in my head is just like, you can't do that anymore. You can't sing that note. You can't do this. But it's the more I kind of pull back and get, try to get out of my head and just sing, the better. And so we sing together. I've been working on a, some original musings um, that I've started to kind of started to perform when we perform together. And, and I'm I'm hopeful. Like it feels It feels fun and free when I let myself go. So I hope that I I, I do plan to continue to do it because it's it's something that I really love that I just really didn't do for a
0: long time because I felt so much shame. Now with the uh, success of of Shapeless and the merging of uh, movies and music, uh, could you see yourself writing more and writing where you are able to include music?
1: I would love that. That would be the dream. You know, I feel as far as like film right now, I feel like I've been marinating with writing. Like I keep feeling like I'll have little ideas or I'll write down little scene snippets of different things. And it's, but I'm, you can't really force these things, right? It's like the muse can't be forced. You just have to, sometimes you have to go live and be in the experience of living. Uh, But, oh gosh, that is the the ultimate dream would be to have like original music and have written this thing and star in it, but um, I'm not really sure where that exists right now. I think I've just been really trying to be in with the music and like singing. And I've been sort of learning the piano and the guitar. I've definitely got a little more on the piano. Um, So I don't know. I don't know where it will lead. I hope for these things and I have dreams for these things, but we'll see.
0: That's the that's the journey. That's uh that's great. I, I can't wait to see, I on I I can't wait to see uh where where it ends up and, and where you end up. Uh, a thing I want to do now is called the Milo Beasley Show Frequently Asked Questions. I'm gonna ask you the same five questions that I asked to all my guests on the show. So are you ready? I'm ready. So there's technically no right or wrong answers. I suppose. Uh, <laughs> all right. question <so laughs> number, number one. What was the first concert you ever attended? Oh my gosh. I think I was in high school.
1: I was yeah, I was definitely in high school. Okay, was it Dave Matthews band? No, it was Switchfoot.
0: Oh Switchfoot. okay.
1: I can't remember the song. They had like a they I can't remember their music, but I think it was Switchfoot. It was at like the local Baton Rouge, like there's like a little in Louisiana. There's like a little theme park, and it was like there at the theme the little grounds on the theme park. I think that was my first concert.
0: That's pretty cool. All right, question number two. It said spoilers. I mean... Think- I already asked you this
1: question. Do I believe in ghosts? Yes! An emphatic yes. <laughs> I'm still waiting to like visually see a nice ghost like in my, in my life. Um, but I really love this kind of thing. Like I love ghost stories. I love reading ghost stories I love like I used to watch all those like true paranormal shows where it was like, like
0: the ghost hunters and all that yeah ghost hunters no, there was oh, like a celebrity
1: yeah. ghost stories I got into it was like celebrities telling their ghost story experiences and I just love it I very much believe in ghosts I haven't seen one but I
0: feel like I have felt the felt well I so have you done any of the uh like the New Orleans New Orleans uh by the way how do you say it New Orleans okay um any of the 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 tours that they have there the ghost. yes
1: i recommend the ghost tours if you're a new tourist going to new orleans it's kind of like part ghost story part bar crawl (laughs) (laughs) um but they're fun again it's like you're walking through the french quarter and you kind of get these history lessons with a dash of ghost stories like and right. so they say this person still haunts this restaurant to this day and i love all that stuff you know and then you stop along the way and you get a you get a drink at a haunted bar you know um but they're fun i recommend them
0: all right so singing ghost movie that's the next one wait what is it
1: oh a si- oh i'm like what that's the next question no no no
0: oh a singing ghost. so that's your next project a singing ghost movie <laughs> Yes, I love it, I love it, let's do it. All right, question number three. In a little twist on a common question, in a movie about your life, who would play your parents? Ooh, who would play, Diane
1: Keaton, maybe, or Diane Lane. Okay. Maybe Diane Lane. Okay. And, oh, who would be a good dad? Could Ted Danson be my dad? Absolutely. (laughs) I think everyone wants Ted Danson to be their dad, Absolutely. like it, as a, their problem. actor dad, right?
0: Um, last week's guest also said Ted Danson. No
1: <laughs> way! That's so funny. <laughs> Weird. The, what is it? Yeah, there's something like, oh, if he could, I would love to for him to be my actor dad one day. Right? I guess.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. Oh my god, I, I love Ted Danson. I loved Cheers growing up, so that was uh,
1: yeah. Really great.
0: All right, Question number four. This is. Uh, my, one of my favorite questions, because it gives a chance to, uh, plug people, uh, who other people may not know about, but who is your favorite person to follow on social media?
1: Oh, well, can I say my partner? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. My partner, Will Dickerson, um, he's an incredible singer songwriter. He has an album out called welcome to Octavia. It's on all the streaming platforms and he's so talented. So I love looking at his videos, but he's also really talented with like his visual, components of what he does so i just it's very colorful it's very like fantastical um so i really love following
0: him <laughs> good plug. yeah
1: yep it's true though he's yeah i get excited when he's got a post or something going on
0: and then uh question number five uh, uh this is this is by far my favorite question i always ask this one and i always ask this one on on, on stage as well uh but during your time in the industry, whether it's uh, in a studio, on set, just out in in uh, L.A., what was your biggest <laughs> fanboy moment where you saw somebody and you either couldn't speak or you spoke too much?
1: Oh, my God. Way? I'm like giggling. I'm like laughing at myself right now. Because so I, I was so I was working on this this TV show recently a couple months ago in Moab Utah have you ever been there? No it's beautiful it's like red rocks like gorgeous like the Colorado River comes right through it's beautiful so I was working there like super random tiny little Utah town and I was in the hotel and I was coming down to the lobby to get ready to um, get to the van to like be carted off to set. Right. And a fellow actor friend of mine ha- was also on the same episode of the TV show, a fellow actor friend from New Orleans. So his name is Creek Wilson. So Creek is this like old grizzled, like he's just this like awesome guy, this Alabama accent, you know, it's just like great guy, like good, good heart. Anyway, so he was in the lobby. He was like, I saw your call time. I wanted to just say hello. And so we were chatting, Right. So then I start to notice that like the van's late and I'm like, where's the fan? And I start, the anxiety starts to ramp up. And I'm like, where's my fan? I don't want to be late. I can't control this. Here's the anxiety. So I'm just like, kind of like talking to Creek, like what do I, and so I texted the people, you know, the second AD or whatever. And um, I was still feeling like ang- anxiety. And then I, uh, this guy walks by and I do this, like, and I like do a double take and then I do like a triple take and then on the like fourth take, it's like registering and Creek goes, is that canoe Reeves? (laughs) And I'm like, it's Keanu Reeves. Oh my God, it's Keanu Reeves. So it's Keanu Reeves. And and I was kind of having this moment, like I'm in Utah, like what's going on? And he was not on the TV show I was working on. So I'm just like, here he is. So anyway, Creek runs over and starts talking to him. And I'm like, Kelly, this this is your moment. Like don't just stand here awkward, like off to the side. So I walk in and I'm like, hi, you're great. I love your work. Um, you know, I'm a fan of yours. I really appreciate you. And um, we're actors too. And we're waiting for the van. And it was like, oh, okay. And, and, uh, and then I was like, okay, bye. And then I like walked off to go catch the imaginary van that was still not there. <laughs> and and I just was like, what the heck did I just say? Like, I don't even know what I just said. And and Creek had like asked me to take a picture of them, but like I didn't ask for a picture. And and I just like walked away. Cre- like in a, And I just, I, I, finally, when I got to the van and I was talking to the guy who was driving the van and I just told him like what happened and I was like beating myself up. I was like, I didn't get a picture. I didn't say anything cool. I didn't say that like my high school yearbook quote was from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Like, no, I just was being a weirdo (laughs) as usual. But like, yeah, I I don't know if that was a mixture of saying not enough and saying too much all wrapped into one. But that that happened.
0: That's a great story. (laughs) Uh, It's fantastic. Oh, that's see, that's and that's why it's my favorite question, because I I mean, stories like that are just uh, they're so fun.
1: I know. And you think you're like, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to be cool. I'm just going to be everybody. a normal person and like walk up and, and then you're right, just Because not-
0: I learned that this happens literally to everybody. Yeah. And everybody and everybody thinks they're going to be cool until Jeff Goldblum walks in the room. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, or until Keanu, or is it like, or Keanu Reeves and Jeff Goldblum immune because they're just like, I think so. Oh, I I think so. I don't. Yes, a hundred percent. They're immune to being right. Jeff Goldblum. So, like, does he not fanboy about or about people? I don't know. I don't know. I
0: wonder. Hopefully, one day I get to ask. Ask them one day. Yeah. Yeah, Hopefully, uh, one day. Um, So, uh, before we wrap up here, um, uh, where can folks find you on the social medias?
1: I'm on Instagram at Kelly Murtaugh, just my name put together. You can also follow at shapeless, the film and um, Twitter. I'm also on that at Kelly Murtaugh. So those would be the best ways to follow me. Are you, uh, you pretty active on there. Pretty active on, I would say Instagram mostly is the one that I'm the most active on, but I'm definitely not, I'm, I'm I've never, it's never felt really authentic to me to like be, all up in social media, like I kind of do it when I feel intuitively like it's to do it, but um, Instagram is the one I'm on the most.
0: Uh, any any last words for uh, for folks who are watching? Uh, again, um, shapeless uh, available. What on? I watch it on Tubi, I believe it's on uh, on Prime, Apple TV. Yes,
1: uh, so if you're in North America, you can watch it on those platforms that Milo just mentioned. If you're in the UK, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, it's also available, Apple TV, Amazon Prime, um, I think Virgin Media, Rakuten TV, and then hopefully it will continue to spread out into the world so everyone that needs it and wants to find it can watch it. And uh, other than that, Zoo Crew, the book that we mentioned is available on Amazon Prime as well, barnesandnoble.com. If you're in New Orleans, please go to all the local bookshops and buy it locally. That would be great. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's it. I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting something,
0: but Do you have any, uh, any, any future, any any other uh, uh, projects you can you can speak about?
1: There, um, I just um
0: Yeah,
1: there's one I can talk about that just came out on Hulu uh, called Reasonable Doubt. I'm on an episode of Reasonable Doubt. I think I'm in episode seven, and. You can find me on there. And then I don't think I can talk about this other one that will be coming out, but follow me on Instagram and you'll find out when I can. I'll let you know. All
0: right, again, thank you so much for, for hanging out with me today. Uh, I was absolutely looking forward to it and uh, it 100% exceeded my expectations. So thank you so oh. much for hanging out with me. Well, likewise, thanks, Milo. It was so great chatting with you. And, uh, everybody who is watching or listening, wherever you, uh, are at home, if you're watching on the YouTubes or listening on the podcast, uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button, but most importantly, tell your friends and, uh, it's Halloween weekend ish. Uh, my guest next week will actually be Don Yeso. You may know him from Hocus Pocus as the bus driver, uh, the immortal bus boy. Uh, so, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, catch us then. Uh, thank you all for watching and, uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you.